What's up, guys, and welcome back to another podcast with Journey to and through college baseball. We took a little time off, man. We we had a doubleheader pushback with the old Wharton Pioneers to a Sunday and had to get ready to play a little play-in game on a Tuesday. So we've been uh, we've been taking a little break from the podcast, getting ready for those games, but we have some time now. We're getting ready to go to the regional tournament up in uh, Tyler. Um, hopefully do some podcasts up in our hotel rooms when when we have nothing else going on, but we wanted to knock one out tonight before uh, we leave for the road tomorrow, guys. So me, Wesley, and Hoff are here with a, another guest from the Blend Buccaneers. Uh, like we've talked about a little bit, got a few Blend guys left that we we wanted to touch on and then going to move on to some new people. And uh, Hoff actually talked about a little bit today, maybe getting some mics for the group. We don't know if that's going to happen yeah. for sure, but shout out. Stephen Hoffer, Magnolia Pharmacy. Dr. Hoff. Dr. Hoff, man. Carson's dad's hooking it up with some mics, hopefully. Which would be awesome, and we appreciate it. So, um, without further ado, man, we uh, have another guest on. This is someone that we came into blend with as well. He's a he's another third-year Juco bandit, and um, he's actually uh, another roommate now. Um, he moved in with us this spring, and it's been awesome. And so, um, we got Nick Wolf on the podcast today. What's up, Nick? I am really stoked to be here. Appreciate y'all putting me on, and I'm excited to share what I have to share with who's listening, and just I'm ready to go. Heck yeah, yeah. man. We can't yeah. wait, man. This is going to be awesome. So, um, Nick, we know a little bit about you before coming in. Um, the thing that was most interesting is your homeschool. Yeah. Uh, yes, I So, kind of talk about that a little bit. So, I was homeschooled growing up. Basically, you know, my family decided when I was younger that, uh, you know, we're real real Christian-based type family where, you know, we, we didn't really think the public school system was the you know, best route for me. Not saying the public school system, you know, is against, you know, physical sure. teaching, for is sure. against any of that. But uh, my parents decided when we were younger, you know, we we're going to homeschool uh, me and my two brothers. And, you know, we we're going to get some good biblical teaching out of it while getting an education at home. And it was weird at first, you know, because you don't have much, not, nobody really talked to you. Everybody, <laughs> everybody you know, talks yeah. about homeschoolers, these jokes and most of them are true, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, it's, it was interesting being homeschooled growing up. Uh, yeah. Real interesting. I bet. Well, I think the being, the thing that's cool about being an athlete as a homeschool kid or even like a smaller class or like a 1A, a 2A is you, you probably play a lot of different sports because, I mean, the best athletes are going to be the best people on every team. It's not like you have to specialize, which I think can help you out in the long run in baseball now. So mm-hmm. did, how many sports did you play growing up and? I know you played football for sure. Mm-hmm. So growing up, there were uh, two or three organizations for homeschoolers that provided sports. Uh, the coaches were uh, dads of players on the team. It was all, uh, it was real interesting because, you know, you go to school, you know, they have coaches for you. They have all this, everything lined up for you at a school. But when you're in the homeschool organizations, you got dads running it. You know, mm-hmm. they might know some, they might know some experience. They might not have any. Um, but growing up, I played football. We were uh, called the Tomball Christian Warriors. That was kind of like the homeschool uh, football team for the Northwest Houston area. Mm-hmm. And we were six man. We were also 11 man. Um, I also played basketball. And then I played baseball as well for uh, the Montgomery Mustangs, which, so there's multiple organizations for multi- all yep. different sports because of the parts of Houston you're from. And, yep. But uh, no, I played football and baseball. Tight end, right? Tight end? Mm hmm. Big Mini time. Gronk? <laughs> no shot. Not even close. <laughs> so, um, 
Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, were these dads just volunteers? Was it just mm-hmm. like, so, yeah, I mean, elaborate on that. I mean, how did you, you know, find coaching when, I mean, I mean, not to be rude, but I mean, the guys aren't really hired to be coaches. I mean, it's just a volunteer deal, you know, like their they're kids play on the team. So, I mean, what did you do to find, you know, maybe some better coaching and, you know, be more advanced so, you know, later on in your career, you're, you're able to go play college baseball? So thankfully, uh, my parents, you know, they uh, they supported me through the summer ball. They supported me through all types of showcases I got to do. I played a uh, summer ball for the South Texas Sliders, uh, based out of San, based out of San Antonio. And I uh, like I already said, you know, with the volunteer for the homeschool sports, it was tough because you know all of it's voluntary. These these dads didn't have to be there. They volunteer their time for us, um, you know, every day for practice and. Funniest part, I think the funniest thing about it was is we're not all from the same area. There were kids driving in hour, hour and a half away. Some kids were driving 20 minutes. So it's not like every kid was from the same area or every dad was from the same area. We were all meet, yeah, we were all meeting together, you know, to get the practice in, to get prepared for the next game. Yeah. No, that's that's cool. Um, and I know you got to play for the Chonclos this summer, mm-hmm. part of the TCL, which what's it, y'all whose stadium did y'all play at? Uh, Nelson Wolf Stadium, home of the San Antonio Missions. Yeah, that's probably pretty cool for sure. But so you went through all that. Kind of talk about how did you end up at Blinn? Like being a homeschool kid, how were you seen? Was it with the sliders? Or kind of talk about that a little bit. So being homeschooled, our uh, competition wasn't always you know the highest competitions. We never you know we never really got to go into the six A districts, five A districts like y'all did. Or um, so getting recruited for homeschool baseball, it was pretty tough. There was only a handful of schools that would actually recruit. Um, heavily on homeschool kids and they were real small Baptist or Catholic schools um, so a lot of the kids you know get recruited to those schools but uh, for me to recruit by Blinn I had to go play summer ball and thank God I did play summer ball or else I won't you know got the opportunity to come play here um, that's, and that's where Blinn did see me was through summer ball that's yeah. awesome that's awesome so you know your homeschool kid like you said you weren't really around kids that much growing up so when you showed up at even though it's a junior college, you show up at Glen. Was there a little bit of a culture shock the first few weeks? Just such a different environment, I feel like. There was a insane culture shock. I don't know if I can uh, use enough words to tell everybody that's listening that how much of a culture shock it was. Um, I'm going to go out there and say, I didn't know everybody cursed. I'll be 100% honest. You know, <laughs> I, I live in the world everybody lives in here. You know, we, we go to, we do, we all do the same things here, you know, but. The crazy part about it was, is, you know, I get here and I've seen like, you know, some people curse, you know, I'm like, oh my goodness, like, wow, yeah. I, I didn't realize that was a thing, uh, you know, it's obviously not a good thing, but uh, the culture shock for me was tough because I had, you know, a handful of friends that I had, you know, homeschooling, yeah. I had about three or four of my good friends and um, they all went somewhere else, so coming to Blinn, uh, I, I can... I didn't really have many friends, yeah. Um, yeah. so trying to make friends, you know, was the first thing I wanted to do, and uh, that was tough for me because you know everybody knows, you know, what's going on in social media. I really did. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody knows what's going on with the music, what's the good music, what's the bad music, and you know what's cool and what's not. And I really didn't, so I had to really pick up on it fast. Yeah, no, I, I can only imagine. That's crazy. Yeah, it just it's so weird. Like I, I feel like it would have been so hard for me, but I feel like you did a great job just coming in right away and. You know, like you said, making friends and kind of getting comfortable as quick as possible. But, you know, we hit the we hit fall run in our freshman year, and we're two weeks in, and you tear your meniscus. And you're a catcher. Um, haven't really gone over that yet. Left-handed hitting catcher. And, you know, messing with the knees is not something you want. So kind of talk about how you got through that. You know, it's tough 
right off the bat, you're trying to kind of show yourself a little bit as a, as a new kid on the block. Um, but it gave you an opportunity to have to battle some adversity. So kind of talk about the positives in that. So coming into Blinn, I've never, knocking on wood saying this, I never had any knee issues. Mm-hmm. I was trained all summer, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure I was ready. I felt ready, everything felt good. <clears throat> and then the second week we're here, we're doing a little little practice and I get down the squat and I feel this, this massive pop in my knee. And I thought, oh, you know, it's nothing. Well, the next day I can't even really squat or walk. And, and like you said, it was a torn meniscus. Um, and the first thing I thought of is, you know, like, why? Like, why me? Like, mm-hmm. I was, you know, mad at God. I was like, God, like, why would you, you know, choose me to get hurt? Like, I, I feel like I've worked so hard to get here. Um, and so I ended up, ended up going through surgery and rehab for about three and a half, four months. And I'll be honest with you, that was probably the toughest three and a half, four months of my life because I never really had an injury uh, to that extent where I had to go through rehab. Mm-hmm. And, um, the way the best part about it was is you know made me realize like there you know there's a lot of things in this life uh you know the devil try to throw at you the world tries to throw at you and you know you always think you want this one thing in life like this is what this is what god has for you you know sometimes it's really not Mm -hmm. so i believe you know if i didn't go through adversity early on you know my freshman year i don't believe my work ethic would be any better i don't think my relationship with god would be any better and honestly i really don't think my relationship with people around me would be any better Cause I was so headstrong and I was so locked in about me, 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 all about me, you know, getting myself somewhere, getting, getting me out there. You know, I, I wasn't even thinking about, Hey, like, you know, the team, I was really yeah. thinking about, you know, others. And I really, I, now I looking back at it as much in the moment as it sucked. And as much as I really was disappointed, you know, God really opened the door to where, Hey, look, you know, this is just another step, you know, on the road. You're going now. For sure, for sure. Cool. Yeah, I think that's a good le- good way to look at it. It's always tough in the moment when that stuff happens, but now looking back on it, like you were able to open up and take a step back and learn from it a little bit. So obviously you moved through that, um, got through freshman year, and then fall of sophomore year, you committed to UTSA, mm-hmm. right? So kind of talk about that whole time of the excitement of it and then kind of talk about what happened after that. So what ended up happening is, uh, like you said, the fall comes around for the next year. <clears throat> I'm coming off a pretty decent year uh, off the knee surgery, uh, fr- a freshman year. And so the fall comes, and I just have this unbelievable hitting fall and defensively fall uh, for all the games and practices we had. And um, So you know, I ended up committing and signing UTSA. Um, and so it's about springtime, rolls around. Uh, and so I get this little email from the UTSA saying, you know, I, I can't go there because my hours are messed up. And I was thinking to myself, wait, this can't be happening. Another, you know, block in the road, another, you know, and there's another little thing of adversity being thrown at me. Well, long story short, uh, 12 of my hours that I was taking did not transfer. And so I was below the uh, NCAA limit or NCAA eligibility hour limit you need to transfer for. And, so I ended up losing my uh, scholarship and ended up losing my NLI to UTSA. Yeah. I, I mean, I personally cannot imagine going through something like that, but you were able to, you know, I remember when it happened a little bit and yeah. you were obviously upset just like anyone would be. I mean, oh, sure. yeah, like, you know, you have to come back to junior college. That's basically your only option, but you were, you never really complained about it, which is something that I noticed and a lot of people, other notice, other people notice is that. You never, you know, talk about it that much around other people or try to get people to feel sorry for you or anything like that. You kind of came back with the mindset of like, all right, let's do this again. Let's go prove that I can do this again. 
and get another offer and go somewhere I want to play at the next level. And you did just that. So kind of talk about that and just having that mindset of just like, you know what, there's nothing I can do about it now. I'm going to control what I can control and I'm going to make whatever happens next happen for myself. Mm-hmm. So I think the thing that really stuck in my head was, is kind of like what you reiterated there was that, you know, it is what it is. And at the moment I was, man, I was mad. I was very upset. Uh, I don't know how, I don't know how I really got through it, but looking back at it, you know, I kind of sat down in my room the day that it happened and I kind of, you know, got on my knees, prayed and it was like, God, like what, what is going on? You know, first, first year, you know, it was a knee surgery and this time, you know, it's the academic hours stuff. And, uh, then it kind of hit me like, you know, I don't have it that I don't have it bad. There's people in the world, you know, who are actually, you know, fighting a sickness, fighting cancer, fighting a sickness. You know, to save you know to save their lives. Yep. You know, there's people out there who are actually struggling with real world issues. You know, I'm I'm, I'm sitting here losing, um, you know, a scholarship to the school. I thought you know that that's where I needed to be, a school where you know I felt God wanted me to be there, and it all worked out because you know it was a you know it was a good scholarship of my parents, you know, with the school part and the money part. But you know, it just really hit me like there's you know there's a lot of things that as players and as you know people or you know just parents it's just like you sit back and you kind of look at it and go like I don't you can't it's, it's hard to say it, but you, you got to realize like there's things there's just these things that you know God will put in your life there's these you know, these roadblocks there's these doors and you keep thinking like this is the one or that's the one but I think the main thing for me was is you know I didn't have it that bad yeah. you know, it might have really sucked but you know, you gotta move on, you gotta find a way to get on get on for life there. Um, I'm a firm believer in a couple things. One is that I feel like everything does happen for a reason. And the second is that God won't put you in a situation that you can't overcome. Mm-hmm. And I feel that um, like you being a very religious um, and spiritual person like that has helped you so much to overcome the adversity and all the obstacles that you've had to overcome so yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah. I, I just I remember when it happened I was shocked and you called me and I was like dude like there's no way you know there's got to be something you can do and it was just I mean we probably talked like two three days in a row you call me all the time and it's just like dude how are you going to get through this is there anything else you can do like I'm going to try this I'm trying to take summer courses I'm trying to do this I'm trying to do that I'm just like wow man like it and then it just didn't end up working out. And then, I mean, you, you came back to Blinn. You were living on living on some land with uh, with the host family for a little bit. Working with a little it. bit. Yeah, yeah, working. And then finally got you to move into the house with us this this uh, this spring. So yeah. it's been a long... Hoff made a really good point about just, like, God's never going to put you in a position that he doesn't think that you can overcome. And... Like, I feel like every player has that thing that they lean on. And I feel like the thing you lean on is your faith and stuff like that when you're struggling. or, And I feel like that's what you did. I, I feel like it helped a lot. And I know when you came here as a freshman, before you got here, that summer, you actually went on a trip to Germany mm-hmm. um, with your church, I believe. Mm-hmm. And you got to play some baseball up there and do some things and help them out a little bit. So kind of talk about that a little bit. So... Let's, let's see. So our church does this mission trip where they take a group of uh, about 15 to 20 men and women and we go over to Ger- the Minden, Germany is where it is. And what we do is we actually teach baseball to the kids there. They love baseball. There's this little town in Germany 
and these people love baseball. So what we do is they take about 15 and 20 of us over there for about you know, a week, seven or eight days. And what we do is we have a preacher that comes with us and we have a um, few other uh, adults who are really, you know, real sharp about real sharp about their faith, real sharp about the Bible. Because when you go over there, the, the culture is different. You can't just go up there, grow up to people like, you know, we're in America and, you know, just tell them, hey, like, you know, Jesus loves you, you know, some, yeah. some, some, they'll just laugh at you sometimes. But um, so we went over there and what you do is throughout the week, every day, you're assigned a team. So my team was full of you know, eight to 10 year old kids. Uh, I had a few translators with me because my, uh, my German, you know, it's obviously not sharp uh, being from America. Um, so I had these translators and throughout the week, I would teach them baseball, what I knew about the game, um, these little drills you'd run them through. But the best part about it was at the end of the day, um, our preacher would go and uh, teach a lesson to these kids. And these kids, most of these kids come from families that they don't know anything about God, they never knew about God. And most people that are there have no knowledge of uh, Jesus Christ. And so he'll preach every night a lesson, and then we'll go into small groups, and I'll teach, um, and I'll ask questions about what they learned in that little lesson that the preacher taught. And it's just, so that, that's about the summary of it for about a week, and it's probably the greatest experience I've ever had to go through. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you get to travel and, you know, serve, serve a community, and, I mean, that's awesome. Yeah, and get to teach a little baseball while you're doing it. I mean... I think that's that would be awesome to do. I yeah, mean, it, it honestly world, would. Um, I think that's awesome for sure. Um, so, you know, now the UTSA stuff happens, mm-hmm. but now, you know, like we talked about, you overcame it. Um, we're talking to multiple schools this spring and then finally committed to Kingsville. Kind of talk about just finally getting that, you know, that weight off your shoulders a little bit with everything that's happened with you and just, mm-hmm. you know, now you know you can go get your degree and continue to play baseball. Kind of talk about that. So I ended up, you know, it's all this leading up to where I am today. I look back at it now, and you know, I'm really thankful for it because if I didn't have to go through all this, you know, little adversity I went through, I don't think I'd be as my faith would be as strong. I don't really think my relationship with my roommates would be as strong, or even my teammates. But um, the weight off my shoulders, it it was amazing. You know, I just fell to my knees and I was thanking God because it's like all this leading up, all all this long road leading up to where I am now. I'm beyond thankful for it. Um, and I'm, I'm gonna get to, obviously I get, so I get to play the opportunity to, for a few more years at Kingsville. I'm thrilled about it and really thankful for the opportunity. And uh, once again, you know, just the adversity that led up to it made it just that much better. And I'm yeah. just real happy about it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's definitely there was a lot of roadblocks in there, but I think I think that's what makes it makes it even more special when it when it finally happens. Like kids that go the junior college route, and especially kids like you that have dealt with so much throughout even your junior college route it just it sweetens everything up and you're not going to take anything for granted which i think is awesome yeah i think it's i really think it's an inspiring story to you know come from a homeschool background you know come to junior college and get in with a team and you know become close with everybody and then go through go through what you went through and you know commit to the school and it doesn't work out i mean you just keep keep your head down and keep moving keep your faith and everything ended up working out for you. I mean, that's awesome for you. And I know we're all super happy for you. Also, if none of that stuff ever happened, you're not at 1306 South Austin. Hey, you don't have to live with us. That's right. So, yeah, that's, I just love living with y'all. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's a good point, though. Like, that would have never, I would have never thought that could have happened when you committed to UTSA, if you think about it. But yeah. another thing about this is I think it's awesome that 
you know, you were at homeschool, you were at a home, you were homeschooled, I should say, not at a homeschool, but mm-hmm. you were homeschooled and then you come to a junior college and you've already said it's a little bit of a different culture. I mean, it just is, the kids are way different, but you were able to continue to be yourself, you know, and keep your faith no matter what some kids thought. I mean, it's not like anyone has ever probably harassed you, but it's hard mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, to keep your faith and some things, but I think that's awesome because that just goes back to being yourself and you know, not really caring what others think and just staying strong with what you believe and staying strong in your faith. But I know that us three have been wanting to get you on here. And I mean, I thought this was awesome, man. And we appreciate you joining and talking a little bit and opening up and uh, letting people hear your story. You, you, you're forgetting your question. Yeah. You go, oh, yeah. Thank you. you. Sorry. That's my bad. I, Come on. <laughs> sorry. Um, question. I'm actually really want to hear this. Um, first off, I know a little bit like Talk about talk about what you want to do when you're done with baseball. So while well, I'm done with uh, baseball, and I'm hoping you know Kingsville pans out, and I'm hoping you know there's it all works out for me. Um, so while well, I'm done with baseball, I want to get my degree in industrial management. Um, hopefully, I can work on the King Ranch while I'm down there, get a little ranch ranch experience. Um, and once I get my degree in industrial management, um, you know, Lord willing, I'll be able to find a job with it. You know, it's hard right now with the pandemic. A lot of people are struggling trying to find a job. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Lord willing, I will find a good job with that. And that's, that's honestly goes back to the point, man, with everything that happened. You ended up at Kingsville. They have this ranch that's, mm-hmm. isn't it like the number one? Yeah, it's, it's the biggest ranch in the world. It's the biggest ranch in the world. Mm-hmm. And that's I, crazy. Yeah. It's either, that's God it's either the biggest yeah, ranch in the world working, or it's the biggest ranch in the United States. Uh, either way, it's it's about 850,000 and 806,000 acres. Yeah. Um, I heard it's bigger than Connecticut, which is like... <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. But I think it just, like Hoff just said, it goes back to this the bigger plan, man. Like Putting you in a position. I just feel like it's putting you in that... God puts you in that position. I mean, through a lot of trials and tribulations, but it's all going to work out. But last question, man. I'm happy that my... Uh, Helpers here, assistance. assistance helped me out a little bit, uh, gave me that good reminder. But question that I like to ask everyone because I feel like everyone's different. Different, you know, you've been coached by multiple coaches now. You've seen different things. Kind of talk about how you would, if you were to have a kid, uh, mainly a boy, grow up playing baseball. Um, kind of, you know, what you would say to him or how you would coach him. Kind of what kind of dad you would be around athletics. So first off, and it's probably a real, you know. Maybe not vague, but it's a normal answer. But I'm gonna go ahead and say whatever my kid, if it's a boy, wants to do, he can do whatever he wants. It doesn't have to be athletics. He can For sure, do he wants. I want to be happy. But uh, if it is baseball, and um, if I were, you know, trying to coach him and whatnot, uh, I would just make sure the number one thing is he has fun. Because yep. I believe, you know, this sport is supposed to be fun. Um, you know, as you get older, it definitely gets more competitive. Definitely gets, you know, more tense and. Uh, if I were to coach him, I would just make sure, you know, his identity, his first off, his identity is found in Christ, not in baseball. I always, I always struggled, and I still do struggle now about how my identity's been in baseball, which it can't be. My foundation has to be in Christ, and I believe you put that first, then everything else will follow. Um, so for him, uh, I'm going to go ahead and say I hope his identity is found in Christ, and I can teach that to him. And then baseball-wise... Man, I just want to have fun. I could, I could kill us because, you know, the worst hit of the country. I just, <laughs> I just want to go out there. No, he's just having fun, man. And that's, I mean, that's that's a perfect answer, man. I, it really is. I think that's something that we lose here um, sometimes. Um, being, I think, kids our age lose just having fun. And yeah. that's when you start to get worse, man. When you start to press and get tense like you were talking about. It's, I mean, it's definitely hard to have fun when, you know, you have to find success. Sometimes you're struggling. you got people down your throat. But at the end of the day, you got to... 
got to find a way to make the game fun again. Yeah, get through the intensity and, you know, find that find that love that you've always had for it and, you know, just try to have as much fun as possible. For um, sure. One last little comment. I feel like almost every answer you had today kind of revolved around God and just religion and faith. Um, and I think that that's really special and actually very rare today because 100%. I feel like a lot of kids aren't really connected with God and don't have a great relationship with God. And um, I feel like that needs to be talked about a little bit more because nowadays like kids aren't really prioritizing their religion and their faith with God. And I feel like that should be up there on your priority list. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah I just wanted to get no, that, that out there. No, that's, a, was cool that, that, yeah. that's a good point. Yeah, for sure. I, I thought it was cool that I mean you, you came on and I mean you were willing to you know open be open about it. That's, and, yeah. and, you know Absolutely. a lot. Of, I mean, not saying every guy that comes on here needs to do that, but I mean it was really cool to have someone come on and you know be be willing to to talk about their faith like that. Yeah, that's that's what I was gonna say. That's how I add on to that a little bit. Just I've talked about not many kids you know prioritize that anymore, but I feel like even kids that do, they're not willing to open up about it and right. talk about it like you were yeah. just openly and just talk about how basically everything that's thrown at you you know where you're going to rely and that's that's in god and i think that's inspiring and i i think that's something that hopefully other kids if they're on that same path i'm not saying everyone's the same but if they if they believe in god and they want to rely on him they're going to be open about it and they're going to be able to you know to express their their belief and their faith so you know man we appreciate you opening up like i said earlier before i forgot to add that final question but i hope i hope that some people can uh relate to this man and open up a little bit but we appreciate appreciate having you nick yeah thanks for coming on man. Thanks thanks time. Time. yes sir well we hope on uh hope to get back on the podcast this this week up in tyler um in the old hotel room i think we're in the good old holiday inn yeah i think so on the box. five star, five star yep hopefully we'll maybe even do a podcast in the the hotel pool or the hotel hot tub uh <laughs> little juco special but we'll get a good special yeah juco special edition but yeah guys uh appreciate y'all listening and hope to hear y'all or see y'all in the next one thank you